0: You're listening to L-Town Morning. Radio, the Livingston Library
1: Podcast. To clean
2: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the June 2021 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. Coming up, Archana will tell us about some programs we have this month on Art Nouveau, The American Flag, Basic Makeup Skills, and Home Food Preservation. Jessica will talk about the beaded pride pins we'll be making for our June Pinterest craft. And speaking of Pride Month, the crew will share some of our favorite books, films, and music by and about members of the LGBTQ community. But first, I want to talk about some titles in the Livingston Library's new indie collection, which features some very exciting titles from small presses and self-published authors. Now, one of my personal favorite independent publishers is called Stalking Horse Press. They're based out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And in addition to publishing very edgy and captivating fiction, Stalking Horse has also released titles by some of my favorite poets in recent years. And I'm thrilled to have some of those titles in our collection now. One of those books is called The Messenger is Already Dead by Jennifer McBain Stevens. It's a collection of poems inspired by the life of Joan of Arc. Author Amy Strauss Friedman says that the poems in this book, quote, hang heavy with history, weaving past and present into a single entity that drips with atmospheric pain felt on a female wavelength. And it is, quote, an exquisite puzzle formed from time's continuum and our resistance to it a unique perspective on the imperative to listen to the echoes of yesterday, end quote. And now here's one of my personal favorite poems from the book called Cross Dressers. <clears throat> At this tea party of benches and Bibles, the lecturer is part drone, all queen bee. All of the big wigs wear wigs. They need more hair to think posturing as females the powdered procure statements. The statements sound like questions, the questions spit syllables like a furtive glance. Like a good democrat, Joan attempts a reach across the aisle, but she never learned furtiveness. A grandiose evening filmed for CNN or Soul Train, all the interesting bits are off-camera. It's all, take my pocket square and comb out that nest. The robed ones might as well model maxi-dresses. They in drag, she in garb. Statues sit and stare at each other through stained glass and vaulted ceilings. Go on. Tell your tea-party story how I came from underground. I will recap how they came from the sky. Our ears will foster care sounds of treason and devil you do the ranting, I will do the pouring. At the end of month's end, whispers of pyres, of throwing a cat in for the ride, I will succumb. All because I would rather be right than apologize. All that's missing are knuckle rings and a boombox. Again, that's from the book titled The Messenger is Already Dead Poems, by Jennifer McBain Stevens. Another stalking horse press title I love is called Scar On, Scar Off by Jennifer Maritza McCauley. A, a collection of poems that uses a self-described rebel language to explore the relationships between words, identity, mind, and environment. Author Alison Joseph says that Macaulay, quote, wields rebel language that goes straight for the heart and soul, weaving tales that make a reader shiver and sigh. She's fearless, forthright, but never glib or gaudy. This is honest writing, a voice that is thrilling to witness. The truths this poet reveals are not pretty, but she handles them with an earned grace, a street-tested vibe. This collection is far more than black girl magic, it's black woman essential. And now if I may, here's one poem from Scar On Scar Off, titled Dear home place. How boring is your ego that my dark face still bothers you this much? In this country I have realized two things, every year, more than before. First, your politics are not about me, and never should be. And next, your politics are so much about who I am, I'm near crippled by steel-heavy duty the weight of black-brown faces that feel like mine. Damn it, then. Might as well use this new old body, this red, beaten mouth, for something. Again, that's from Scar On, Scar Off, poems by Jennifer Maritza Macaulay. Finally, I want to tell you about Madcap, a book that Stalking Horse Press published in 2019. It's by my favorite poet on Earth, Jesse Janishek, who has also written fantastic poetry collections like Invisible Mink and The Shaky Phase. Author Simone Munch says, quote, "'Employing the golden age of Hollywood as a frame, madcap is a swirling cinematic wonder filled with frankincense, velvet settees, heart-shaped glasses, taxidermy, and vampires.' Janishek's world is lynchian in its exquisite, delicious strangeness. Much like the iconic figure of the femme fatale, Madcap is intelligent, darkly erotic, dangerous, subversive, and seductive. And now here's an excerpt from Madcap from a poem titled You Never Go Back Once You're a Blonde. The hot tub, the absence, the more thunder coming, the life of the mind. But what if the last sister lingered, a crime inchoate, a bathroom filled with her blood and pink light? And what if the last sister lingered to say you need meaning, you need a routine? And what if you think you're not good enough for a dress or a drug? Or a dream. And you don't trust your mind, and it's self-sabotage in heart-shaped sunglasses and needles in the scene, and side hustle slit wrist breaking your row of perfumes on the vanity tray. You wear a red sailor blouse, tight waist, walk through the woods smoking, or you see little changes watching the dailies as the month drains away. Or you lie and say you're washing the windows, or you lie and say, Sweat and sunset do not trust these clouds, and a blonde can stop time, or a blonde joke can stop the light in your side. Again, that's from Jesse Janishek's book Madcap, which is part of our indie collection here at the Livingston Library, along with Jennifer Moritza Macaulay's Scar On, Scar Off, and Jennifer McBain-Stevens' The Messenger is Already Dead. All three books are published by Stalking Horse Press, and you can find them with dozens of other excellent indie books by the fireplace on display between our travel books and our graphic novels. I'll be sure to spotlight some more noteworthy titles from our indie collection in next month's episode of L-Town Radio, so I hope you'll tune in for that. For now, though... Let's hear from Archana about a couple of the programs you can look forward to on our June calendar.
1: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Librarian Archana. We have a lot to look forward to in the coming weeks, the bright and warm summer days, reconnecting with friends and family, and of course, some more exciting programs offered by your library. On the evening of Monday, June 7th, join Art Instructed Janet Mandel, as she gives an illustrated overview of Art Nouveau, an elegant decorative style that revolutionized visual art and architecture across Europe and the United States at the end of the 19th century and into the 20th. Art Nouveau designers believe that all the arts should work in harmony to create a total work of art, paintings, graphic art, buildings, interior design, furniture, textiles, clothing, ceramics, glass art, jewelry, all inspired by graceful natural forms. Now Janet is an extremely knowledgeable and very popular speaker. And this is another one of her presentations you won't want to miss. Another program I want to highlight is called Old Glory, the history of the American flag and very appropriately it is scheduled for the evening of June 14th flag day itself a day that commemorates the adoption of the flag of the United States on June 14th, 1777, by resolution of the Second Continental Congress. With original photographs, vintage images, and patriotic music, lecturer and author Kevin Voice will explore the history of the American flag from its origin in the Revolution to the addition of our 50th star in 1960. He also explains how a poem about the 1814 Battle of Baltimore, set to a popular English melody, became our national anthem. Hope to see you at these evening programs in June. Thank you. Thank you very much, Archana. So I,
2: as we said earlier, June is Pride Month, and with that in mind, I was curious to know um, from our crew what some of their favorite books, music, or movies Either about or by members of the LGBT community um, were especially meaningful to them. And here's what they had to say, starting with the head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Katie.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Katie here. For Pride Month, I want to recognize one LGBT author and one LGBT story. The first is author David Sedaris. David Sedaris is a celebrated essayist who uses self-deprecating humor to discuss his eccentric family, his sexuality, and his partner Hugh, his career, and more. I first fell in love with his work with his 2000 essay collection, Me Talk Pretty One Day. I highly recommend his works to everyone and anyone, as they are hilarious, irreverent, and also surprisingly gut-wrenching. The second is the spellbinding novel, Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, an adaptation of Homer's The Iliad, as told by Patroclus, lover of Achilles. I'm not normally into romance stories, and in fact, most just make me roll my eyes, and it's not a genre I normally seek out. But Madeline Miller creates such a moving and passionate love story that even I was quietly sobbing by the end. The book was also shortlisted for the 2013 Stonewall Book Award which is a set of three literary awards that annually recognize exceptional merit relating to the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender experience. So check out these books and authors today with your Livingston Library card.
2: Thank you very much, Katie. And up next, once again, here's Archana.
1: As societal attitudes towards the LGBTQ community in India become more progressive there are growing instances of the community being presented sensibly and sensitively in Bollywood feature films, and especially so in smaller independent movies. One such film was released in 2016. Uh, it's called Aligarh, uh, spelled A-L-I-G-A-R-H. And in this film, the issues pertaining to the community were handled very sensitively, and it won a lot of critical acclaim. Set in the city of Aligarh, Uttar Pradesh, it's the story of a professor and the head of the classical modern Indian languages faculty at the famed Aligarh Muslim University who was suspended on grounds of morality. He was also sacked from his position of reader and the chair of modern Indian languages. The film starts at the moment when the professor's privacy is invaded by a film crew from a local TV station who forcibly enter his house and film him having sex with a male rickshaw puller. is forced to leave his house at the university and he's suspended from his job. He's contacted by a journalist who is sympathetic to him and his case is taken up in court. The court rules in his favor and Seyras' suspension is revoked, but before he can return to work, he's unfortunately found dead. Now this title is available to borrow from uh, the library's uh, Bollywood collection in DVD. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you, Archana. And now here is Jessica.
3: Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. June is Pride Month, and recently I just started listening to an audiobook, which you can borrow and listen to from the library's digital collections, by LGBTQ actor Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan is best known for his roles as Lonnie Gar in Hearts of Fire, Beverly Leslie in Willing Grace, and several characters in American Horror Story. I discovered him through Instagram. In his audiobook, How Y'all Doing, Leslie tells us stories about his life, including his experience as a member of the LGBTQ community. In his book, he recounts a story of how he came out to his mother and even her reaction to drag. The audiobook is also narrated by Leslie, which makes it even more personal and engaging. In honor of Pride Month, the library also has many wonderful events and things planned. Early in June, our Pinterest inspired adult craft will be beaded pride pins. Make sure you register so you can take home the supplies to create these gorgeous rainbow pieces that you can proudly wear or display. We also have buttons that will be distributed in person to library visitors, and a themed reflective journaling sheet, and of course lots of books. Pride Month is a wonderful month to visit the Livingston Public Library.
2: Thank you very much, Jessica. As for me, I have no shortage of favorites in this particular category. One of my favorite bands of all time is Husker Du. They're a trio that came out of Minneapolis's punk scene in the early 80s. Not only did they record some of the hardest and most melodic songs ever, like turn on the news and books about UFOs and makes no sense at all and don't want to know if you're lonely, they also had two of their three members in the LGBT community, singer-guitarist Bob Mould and their singer-slash-drummer, the late Grant Hart, both of whom were open about their sexuality even in the 80s, which arguably is even more punk than their razor-sharp, turbocharged music. If you're interested, you can check out some of Husker Du's best records, like Flip Your Wig, New Day Rising, and Candy Apple Grey, either on CD through the buckle system or through streaming on hoopladigital.com. There's also a chapter on Husker Du in a fantastic book called *Our Band Could Be Your Life: Scenes from the American Underground, 1981 to 1991*, which also covers bands like the Minutemen, the Replacements, and Sonic Youth. And that book is also available through BUCKLES with your Livingston Library card. Now, as a trans person, I also have a special place in my heart for some of the works I've enjoyed over the years that portray trans people sympathetically and not as was the case for so many years, just as addicts or criminals or jokes. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the musicals Rent and Hedwig and the Angry Inch, for instance, both of which I've talked about in earlier podcasts. Um, There's also the 1999 film, Boys Don't Cry, based on the true story of a trans man named Brandon Tina, and which starred Hilary Swank in her first Oscar-winning role. those you can all check out uh you can hear the soundtracks of rent and hedwig on hoopla and you can get the films of those uh, on dvd through buckles there's also a book uh, which we recently added to our print collection here at the livingston library which i especially love and want to recommend it's a book about lou reed's 1972 album transformer and the book was written by a trans woman an indie rock musician named Ezra Furman. The book is part of a series called 33 and a Third, in which each title is dedicated to one notable album in music history, and I've read dozens of these books in that series and enjoyed them all, but Ezra Furman's book on Transformer was especially resonant with me. Uh, I first started listening to Lou Reed's Transformer when I was in college, about 17, 18 years ago now. Uh, I had recently gotten into the music of Lou Reed's previous band, The Velvet Underground, as many college students are wont to do, as well as David Bowie. Um, And so naturally I stumbled onto Transformer, which was not just one of Lou Reed's first solo albums after leaving The Velvet Underground, but it was co-produced by Bowie. Um, It's the album that has Walk on the Wild Side and Perfect Day and Satellite of Love. Um, Now that time I first listened to the album also happened to be a time where I was exploring and learning a lot about myself in terms of gender, and living in New York City, and romanticizing the city's grimy 1970s rock and roll scene. So needless to say, Lou Reed's Transformer, which is all about gender bending and sexuality in grimy 1970s New York, it resonated with me very profoundly. I listened to it obsessively back then. I've listened to it many, many more times since. Uh, It's a Glorious album. It's a messy album. It's beautiful, and it's ugly, and there's no other album quite like it. Now, Ezra Furman, whose work as a musician and artist has also been quite meaningful to me in recent years, she wrote this incredible book on Transformer that really digs deep into why Transformer is not only such a fascinating album, but why it's been so meaningful to her as a member of the queer community. So if you're interested in all at all, in the music of the legendary Lou Reed, I recommend you come to the Livingston Library and find this book, which is also in our indie section. Again, that's by The Fireplace, Between Travel and Graphic Novels, and check this book out. Well, that's all for our Pride segment of the podcast. Now, one more time, let's hear from Archana about a couple more of the sure-to-be enlightening programs ahead on our June calendar.
1: For our daytime audience, we're offering a couple of interesting programs too. One on the morning of June 9th at 11 a.m. is a class on everyday makeup basics called Create a Flawless Face. With most of us spending a lot of time indoors due to the pandemic and wearing masks when outside, we haven't really had to put on much makeup. But a maskless future does promise to be on our horizon. And I'm sure we can all do with a refresher on those basic makeup skills, so as to look our everyday best. So whether you're new to the world of makeup or just want to get a refresher, this virtual talk and demonstration by professional makeup artist and licensed aesthetician Lynn Lynch will arm you with the tools and strategies and the confidence you need to create that flawless everyday face, whether for an online or an in-person occasion. Now, one of the joys of summer is the profusion of freshly grown vegetables and fruits. Did you know that freezing summer produce is easy? And of course, you get to enjoy the fresh flavor later in the year. On June 16th at 11 AM, join us to learn the best practices to freeze produce from your garden or the local farm market to enjoy all year. This is a presentation by Darrell Minch, a family and community health sciences educator and a tenured faculty member for Rutgers Cooperative Extension of Somerset County. You will learn proven techniques for freezing your favorite meals, snacks, and other foods so as to preserve color and flavor. You will gain tips for how to blanch vegetables, keep the color in fruit, freeze herbs, reduce the risk of freezer burn, and make freezer jam. Make sure to sign up for all these programs via the library calendar so that you're able to receive the Zoom link the day before. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks as always, Archana. Now, I also have a program I want to tell you about, which is the next meeting of the Unstuck in Time book club. That's the club where we discuss classic works of speculative fiction, that is sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or basically anything that deals with the surreal, the supernatural, the futuristic, or the macabre. So on Tuesday night, June 29th, starting at 7 p.m., we will discuss Douglas Adams' 1979 novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now, this story actually began as a radio play on the BBC in 1978, and Adams then adapted it into a novel. Since then, it's been adapted into just about any format a story can be adapted to on film, on TV, on stage, as a graphic novel, as a video game and if I had to pick the one book that has made me laugh the most out of all the books I've read it would probably be The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, But the great thing about the book is that it's not just incredibly funny, it also takes place in an extremely vivid and imaginative world with an endless cast of alien characters who are of course all too recognizably human in one way or another. Story-wise it's exciting and adventurous uh, but most important of all, though, I think it has a lot of very insightful things to say about, well, life, the universe, and everything. I can honestly say that a lot of my outlook on existence was informed uh, by reading this book as a young adult. In fact, I'd like to share the book's opening passage here and see if I can give you an idea of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Far out. In the uncharted backwaters of the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small, unregarded yellow sun. Orbiting this at a distance of roughly 98 million miles is an utterly insignificant little blue green planet whose ape descended life forms are so amazingly primitive that they still think digital watches are a pretty neat idea. This planet has, or rather had, a problem, which was this. Most of the people living on it were unhappy for pretty much of the time. Many solutions were suggested for this problem, but most of these were largely concerned with the movements of small green pieces of paper, which is odd because, on the whole, it wasn't the small green pieces of paper that were unhappy. And so the problem remained. Lots of the people were mean, and most of them were miserable, even the ones with digital watches. Many were increasingly of the opinion that they'd all made a big mistake in coming down from the trees in the first place, and some said that even the trees had been a bad move and that no one should ever have left the oceans. And then one Thursday, nearly 2,000 years after one man had been nailed to a tree for saying how great it would be to be nice to people for a change, a girl sitting on her own in a small cafe in Rickmansworth suddenly realized what it was that had been going wrong all this time, and she finally knew how the world could be made a good and happy place. This time it was right, it would work, and no one would have to get nailed to anything. Sadly, however, before she could get to a phone to tell anyone about it, a terrible, stupid catastrophe occurred, and the idea was lost forever. This is not her story. But it is the story of that terrible, stupid catastrophe and some of its consequences. It is also the story of a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, not an Earth book, never published on Earth, and until the terrible catastrophe, catastrophe occurred never seen or even heard of by any earthman. Nevertheless, a wholly remarkable book. In fact, it was probably the most remarkable book ever to come out of the great publishing corporations of Ursa Minor, of which no earthman had ever heard either. Not only is it a wholly remarkable book, it is also a highly successful one, more popular than the Celestial Home Care Omnibus, better-selling than Fifty-Three More Things to Do in Zero Gravity, and more controversial than Ulan Kulifid's trilogy of philosophical blockbusters, Where God Went Wrong, Some More of God's Greatest Mistakes, and Who Is This God Person Anyway? In many of the more relaxed civilizations on the outer eastern rim of the galaxy, The Hitchhiker's Guide has already supplanted the great Encyclopedia Galactica as the standard repository of all knowledge and wisdom for though it has many omissions and contains much that is apocryphal, or at least wildly inaccurate, it scores over the older, more pedestrian work in two important respects. First, it is slightly cheaper, and second, it has the words, don't panic, inscribed in large friendly letters on its cover. But the story of this terrible, stupid Thursday, the story of its extraordinary consequences, and the story of how these consequences are inextricably intertwined with this remarkable book begins very simply. It begins with a house. Again, that's from Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the topic for the next meeting of the Unstuck in Time book club, Tuesday night, June 29th, starting at 7 p.m. till 8 p.m. Now, previously, Unstuck in Time has been a virtual book club meeting on Zoom, but I'm very happy to announce that with social distancing restrictions officially lifted in the state of New Jersey, that meeting will be held live and in person here at the Livingston Public Library in the cozy confines of our local history room. That's right, in-person book clubs are coming back to the Livingston Library, and I couldn't be more excited. So we won't be meeting on Zoom from now on in unstuck in time but you do still have to register which you can do by going to our website livingstonlibrary.org clicking on our event calendar and then clicking on unstuck in time in the box for june 29th print copies of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy are available here at the livingston public library and you can also borrow ebook and audiobook editions with your livingston library card Well, that's all for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thanks to our crew of Archana, Jessica, and Katie for contributing, as always. Thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. And of course, I hope you'll come down to the library now that we are open seven days a week and now that we are opening our library up more and more every day. Social distancing and full face mask restrictions will no longer be in effect as of May 28th and as of June 1st, our youth wing will finally reopen. Of course, you can still access all our online and digital resources through our website, livingstonlibrary.org. Don't forget to follow our blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And you can follow us all over the internet, from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to YouTube. And you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.